with its only mate An all-enduring spirit On the whiskey trail And sit down. <coughs> Compose oneself and begin. Gordon Dundas, we are... Hello, episode hello. four. Come on in. Episode four. Come on in. How are you? I'm very well, very well, very well. How are you? Here we are. Episode four of series three. And you have got the count of number of episodes. 32. 32 episodes. That is like a box set on Netflix. That really is. What were you doing when you were 32, Gordon? That's what we all want. But everyone at home, what were you doing when you were 32? We are 32 Today, with Whiskey Unscripted. Uh, what year would that be? Um, I know. I'm doing in 32. Um, that's a long time ago. I think I was working for Whiskey Magazine, 32. Yeah, I was. So I was working for Whiskey Magazine. Uh, so yeah, that was my... Yeah, I was working for Whiskey Magazine. Fantastic. Good stuff. I'd like to know more about that, Gordon. That's something to, um, something to discuss in the future. Yes. So, um, Gordon, we have got... A, we're, we're going across the worlds for yes. this episode. We are. Now... We're not able to fly anywhere, but by the, you know, the amazing technology that we have at Whiskey Unscripted, um, we, we've managed to go all <laughs> over to the other side of the world. But a little bit more about that later on. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the reason I'm giggling is because I thought we might go in for a bit of continuity. We recorded this interview yesterday, and even I thought maybe I should wear the same top and pretend it's a seamless, mm -hmm. but that's not going to happen. I haven't done that, no. So, um, sorry. <laughs> if you're listening to this on a podcast, this makes no sense, but we're now recording it on Zoom, so we're putting it on YouTube, so you can yeah. come and see us there as well. Whiskey um, Unscripted on YouTube, there we go. Gordon, we have uh, tasked you every week for looking over the news mm -hmm. around the world of whiskey, but I think there might be only one story in town. There's really only one story in town, and that is the fact that there is a a four month well they've dropped the tariffs on scotch whiskey in the u.s which we're very happy about certainly for an initial four month period which is really really good and very exciting gives us an opportunity wow. to assess how we take advantage of that with the assumption hopefully that that will then continue on afterwards um i really can't see them coming back on but you never know um but yeah that's just the that's the biggest story in town in the scotch whiskey see, industry there was a figure quoted by industry uh, chiefs that it's cost about 500 million. Would that be, yeah. is that the figure? That you, yeah, Scott sales, down, Scott, Scott sales are down 30% in the US. Um, we also must say in the same breath, bourbon has been under tariffs coming into the EU as well. So, you know, it's, it has been something that's been both ways and it's something that we've spoken about quite a lot over the, on Whiskey Unscripted. But uh, yeah, I was speaking with Daniel, who's in charge of the US market and he says it's a great, great, position to be in and full marks the SWA and the government for um for uh, for negotiating and, and working on that that is fabulous and it, you know it will it will really help us because the way that just so people maybe don't know the way that whiskey is sold in the US you is a three-tier system so you have an importer who then work with a distributor who then sell to retailers um so everybody in in, in America sort of takes their slice of the pie as it were. Right. Uh, and so those tariffs, although 25% are sort of multiplied throughout all of that. So it makes it really, really difficult for Scotch to be competitive pricing a single malt. So, you know, it's, it's, and that's hence the sort of hit on sales. So it's, it's great that it's, uh, it's, it's 
it, they've seen sense and uh, it makes a lot of sense in the current climate. So really, I, really happy about that. And America's still probably the biggest market for Scotch whiskey or single malt. Yeah, yeah, it is a big market, of course, just because it's, you know, 330 million odd people there. But obviously, you know, in the US, they've been suffering a bit from, you know, on trade or on premise, as it's called over there, being closed as, as it has here. Although things generally seem to be opening up a little bit in the US. Um, but again, the off trade has been strong at uh, the off premise. Um, and so, yeah, look, it's, it, you know, f- from our perspective and from, you know, it's great for the industry. It's great for the small players. It's great for everybody. And, 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 and something which is about, I'm glad it's happened. So full marks to everybody involved. That's fantastic. My last point would be how it came to be. I know it's politics, but you would never think a president whose mother was born in Scotland would have levied taxes like that onto Scotch whisky. So it sort of baffles me, but I'm not a politician and I'm glad I'm glad they're gone. And I'd love to speak more about America and the more, more about American markets and about American bars. But we'll do yeah, that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In an American episode. Yeah, Gordon, can I just ask you a question? Yes. What are you drinking? Well, um, as we mentioned in the last episode, the World Whiskies Awards came out recently, and um, Tam Dew did quite well oh. with Ian Whitecross's single cask. Now, look oh. at this. This is uh, I might put okay. up in front of the camera. If you're listening uh, to this, get home and chuck on uh, YouTube to Whiskey Unscripted. Look at the colour of that. Dark European oak. I know Ian, who's the assistant distillery manager there, assistant to Sandy, who, so have I got Sandy's here? No, I don't have Sandy's there. Sandy likes an American oak style European, uh, American oak sherry cast, which is lighter in color. This is like, this is just gorgeous in color, rich, dark color. Those rich, dark fruits, those beautiful flavors that come from the European oak. Award-winning single cask and very, you know, so I thought, I've got an open bottle. I'm going to try a little bit of that. So beautiful. But this was so, official. The official world's best not single yet, cast. Not no. yet. Category winner. It will. It, it probably should go on to be the world's best, but uh, that will be announced in a month's time. But it's 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 won its category, so it's one it's it's gone as far as it can at the moment. Oh. Um, and as uh, you know, we've re- released some great single casts over the last few years, and this is another prime example selected by Mister Whitecross. So well done, Mister. Fantastic, and so yeah, that's a great, great, um, great, great single cask available on Tamdu.com. Should you be interested? Uh, I'd love to talk. You know, we'll do that again. You know, position and warehouse. That would be in the old Dunnage warehouses at Tamdu, of course. And yeah, yeah. Nothing to beat those old um, warehouses to create something like that. What's the ABV? Sorry, you just mentioned it. Fifty-seven point eight. Oh no, fifty-seven flat. Sorry, not not eight. Fifty-seven flat. So, yeah, just lovely red berries, all those lovely flavours coming through. Nice bit of alcohol strength. Now, what have you got there? I've got something uh, I'm not going to mention because I drink this later on in the episode. Oh, this is the continuity bit. Yes. Although my jumper's not the same. Correct, but that's, you know. So (laughs) this is a lovely dram. Of course, it's all the description. If you've come to this podcast uh, reading the description, you'll know we're going to head down to New Zealand. And this lovely whiskey is from the South Island. Um, But you'll get more of this chat later on. So it's a wonderful um, whiskey, as we talked about. It's cast strength as well. Fabulous. We'll just have to hear later on what I think about it. (laughs) Very excited. Fabulous, fabulous. This will come out a couple of days after 
International Women's Day. And I thought, since we are speaking to Sarah Elsom, uh, down there in New Zealand, who is a master distiller, what great way just have a quick chat about the women in whiskey well, that have yeah. been and that are. Well, I mean, I think, I think, I think it's an ever increasing pool of people, and that is absolutely fantastic. And um, yes. I mean, we've spoken about many of the the fantastic female master blenders that there are around, and 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 there, you know, there's some, there's the famous ones, there's the less famous ones, but there are a good percentage of female master blenders who are making whiskey and creating whiskey, um, and um, you know, I think that you know that is fabulous, and and you know, we've had on we've had on here also, and and it's very true of Ian McLeod, the amount of uh, women who've worked at Glengoyne, for example, as tour guides and then come into different parts of the business. So um, we've got people who come into marketing. We've got Lauren, yeah. who's gone into production and uh, the Mash Lass, who, the is, Mash Lass. Uh, who is actually on a, on a, on a podcast, um, Spirit of Whiskey, uh, this week as well. So I've been on there as well. Another great podcast worth listening to and hearing yeah. Lauren's perspective of, as a lady in the industry. And then also just, I think, the amount of... Um, you know, women who write about whiskey, women who knows and taste and, and, and ambassadors. And, and it's an ever increasing pool of people. And, it, and you know, it's, it's fabulous. And, um, and, and Gordon, and, was that always the case? I, I guess not. No, it's, it's not always the case. And, and 20 years ago, it was a much more male dominated, uh, you know, probably back in the times when we were saying that whiskey was much more of a masculine drink. And there was such a thing as a lady's whiskey, which is, complete and utter rubbish there isn't such a thing any whiskies for anybody and it's and that's what i really like about the r whiskey movement which was started by uh, georgie and, and becky um really just saying it's everybody's whiskey it's not a male thing it's it's not a female thing it's everybody's and i think that's absolutely correct and you know all all power to it um and we're and at ian mcleod we do a lot of you know we, we have a lot of ladies working for us and we have a lot of um across the you know who've come up through the business as well so it's oh, fabulous and, and even somebody like emma who's our assistant blender uh you know fantastic another another uh tour guide who decided yeah. that she wanted to become a blender and understand that side of the business so brilliant really really good and it's not only that the, 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 there's more women coming into it because the, the industry is getting bigger as well so uh, as they're coming in both it's expanding mm. and we can take in um, a lot more people, oh, absolutely, well, yeah. women and men. And I just like a quick little uh, doff the cap to some of the historical figures. We've talked about one with John Campbell, the legendary Bessie Williamson of Lafroig, who was really one of the... Um, oh, absolutely. I'm just I mean, trying to think of the person that guides the light, a guiding light. Absolutely. Uh, forerunner. And, and, absolutely. And Bessie took Lafroig and, and really ran with it to the point that she then realised this is actually nearly outrunning me. And, and she understood that the brand was very much a, a something that, 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 that needed to go to the next level. And, and, and she was instrumental in getting Lafroig to where it is now. And John, who's been on the show many, many episodes ago, I think round about episodes, <laughs> um, talked passionately about her involvement in Lafroig. And there's been, there's been you, you, littered actually through history in, of, of, of whiskey. There's been some, some serious, um, impact in the industry from women so it's 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 not i mean it is ultimately more male dominated but not so much now but even in the history there's been some iconic women involved yes again one last one from history i should say is the robertson and baxter family robertson yeah. and baxter's 
became Edrington. Uh, and Edrington, as we know, McAllen, Highland Park, Cathy Sark, one of the biggest whiskey companies in the world. But they were Robertson and Baxter. And Mr. Robertson was married to a redoubtable woman called Agnes Robertson. And Agnes Robertson stood by his side uh, as he created this empire. And she had 14 children to Mr. Robertson, which I didn't know if you knew that, Gordon. Mm -hmm. And when Glasgow University opened its doors to women in 1884, with 14 children under her belt, she signed up and was one of the first ladies to attend Glasgow University, sadly dying two years later before she got her degree. But mm -hmm. that um, family went on and two generations later, uh, the last of the Robertson family, three sisters, the heiresses, uh, were left with the big portfolio in the early 60s. And they got in the original Morgan Grenfell. You know, well, no Morgan Grenfell, the bank, but the original guy came over to Scotland, spoke to the ladies and said, listen, turn uh, your fortune into charitable trust, which was called the Robertson Trust, and we'll call, uh, put an umbrella company over the distilleries. What do you want to call it? And he said, after our holiday cottage, we used to, go to his young girls in Dumfrieshire, Edrington, and that the, the, the three ladies passed on the charitable trust and the name Edrington and to, to history. I mean, there you go. Now, you see, that's quite interesting because I didn't know that that was Edrington and that I didn't know where that name came from. So I have learned something on Whiskey Unscripted. Which is <laughs> great. Not... The, the other classic, although just so that you, another holiday sort of area that's the name of a distillery, can you think what this one might be? Ailsa Craig, something? Well, I was thinking nice. down That's Ayrshire. Ailsa Craig would be an interesting holiday place. Um, yeah, so on the islands. Ardmore Distillery up on Space, up on in the Highlands, owned by yes. Tory, is a peated Highland whiskey. Um, historically associated with the teacher family, the teacher family who are, were Glasgow, Glasgow, serious sort of Glasgow whiskey people, probably about as big as the Langs, if you know what I mean. Similar yes. sort of. Um, and they had a house on Ardmore Point, which is between very close to where I come from. I think I've mentioned this before, but they took the name of that Ardmore and took it up to the Highlands, uh -huh. called the distillery Ardmore. Um, so a similar story. Uh -huh. Yeah, another one. So that's, that's how interesting. So yeah. Well, Gordon, I think that's has covered the news. We'll get um, lots of little sections we'll put in, but I think we're going to just go down to New Zealand because we uh, met up with Sarah with our. Chaps a real cracking interview it lasts ah, just over half an hour and fabulous. i think we'll devote the rest of the program in the week of international women's day to one of the master distillers in the industry and maybe ah, you want to tee this up gordon well i know absolutely i just want to say a big thank you to david swift who i know listens to the podcast i know he's a fan of tam do down there in new zealand uh obviously instrumental in getting us to the top 50 uh yeah. Listen podcasts in New Zealand. Thank you, David. He obviously listens to it. Kept on downloading it again, 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 you, and again. Um, uh, David sent me really enthusiastically, very kindly sent me two samples of the whiskey, which we're going to sample yeah. with Sarah. These are very special whiskeys. You're going to sample that one as well. Yes. It's Cardrona Distillery on the South Island of New Zealand, and I had a look at some of the pictures. It's oh my gosh, it's just like it's Scotland. So it's amazing. very exciting, and I'm looking forward to it. Let's go and meet Sarah, which is fabulous. Um, let's welcome Sarah Elsom on to uh, Whiskey Unscripted. Sarah is what, master distiller at uh, 
Cardrona, is that right? Have I got that all right? You got that all right. Hang on. Um, so live from the South Island in uh, in wow. New Zealand, my favourite country. Uh, oh, hold on, I'm just going to take these off. It's a bit hot in here. There's a surprise coming. There's something coming. Here he goes. Thank you, guys. already. What's he got on? Hey! There you go. <laughs> ah, yes. Oh. It, for all those who may not know what I've just shown, this is a Team New Zealand shirt. Mm -hmm. Team New Zealand about to go up against the Italians in the America's Cup final in Auckland. I think, unfortunately, it's been postponed because Auckland's in lockdown. But um, Team New Zealand all the way. So, yeah, New Zealand. Sarah, great to have you on the podcast. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. And can I just say you're in a fabulous room. Could you just explain before we get into all the details, where are you? Paint a picture. Yeah, sure. Well, the Cajona distillery itself is, um, we're, we're in the mountains already. So if I was to show you outside, we're, we're right in, nestled in between two mountain ranges. Where I'm sitting right now is upstairs from our distillery door, our reception area. And, and I am boarded by the Boss's Whiskey uh, collection, actually. Um, they don't keep it at home. It's a little safer out here at work. Private collection behind me oh, here, fantastic. so it's, it's not a bad um, backdrop for a yeah. yes. And so I want to actually thank an avid listener, an avid fan of one of our whiskies, David Swift from New Zealand, who who off his own back beautifully sent me a couple of your whiskies, Sarah. Here they are. I've not yeah, tried either good. of them, but having looked at them, um, they look. Beautifully powerful, strong. I'm, I'm really looking forward to trying them with a drop of water as well. So we'll come to them in a minute. And also, Gordon, you have a whiskey from Cardrona as well? I do. I do. I'm putting the lid back on because I haven't tasted them <coughs> much. Um, but this technology business, Gordon, you drove me to have a drink. So um, just in a little soup song, but absolutely, I can't wait to get a proper uh, try of the growing wings. Yeah. Absolutely. And that is available in the UK, but we'll come back to that a little bit later. So, Sarah, South, South Island, New Zealand, pretty Scotland-like, or the other way around, whichever way you want to describe. You know, they're very similar landscapes. What a great place to start a distillery. Let's hear a bit about how it all happened, please. Yeah, sure thing. Um, so, Kadrona is all the dream of, of one woman. Her name is Desiree Whitaker. And coming home to New Zealand after a stint in the UK was always something that was going to happen. And it wasn't always going to be a single malt distillery. She followed her father into the dairy industry uh, and did very, very well in that industry. And that was sort of that, that kind of platform for having a little bit of startup capital is that she was able to sell a farm that she grew and made into a successful business. So there was this opportunity to pursue a passion project. Uh, and that, that is where this all uh, stemmed from. Mm. Uh, it was for a short time going to be a perfumery, um, but of course, the more you research the constituents of, of perfume and the alcohol component, uh, the easier it is to be led astray. Uh, and a distillery became the kind of the, the real focus. Uh, and single malt, absolutely, that's all we do. We work with malted barley only to create not just whiskey, uh, we do make a single malt vodka, a gin and liqueurs all from the same base. So when we mash in, there's no differentiation between that, the wash for the whiskey as there is for the vodka. So it okay. is unique, 
it is a really special place. It's mm. stunning. Um, a yeah. lot like Scotland, as you say, a little hotter in summer. Um, perhaps a little it's not difficult, to be honest, not difficult. <laughs> But oh, yeah, we uh, we do um, run around the distillery in shorts for most of the year. It, 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 oh, it wouldn't that hard. be nice? Even just running around a distillery would be nice. Um, I mean, of course, in New Zealand, you're not really in that much of a lockdown. Would that be fair? Uh, where we are in the South Island, we're currently at what we call level two, uh, which means we cannot have groups of over 100. So it is fairly business as normal. Gosh, groups of a hundred! Wow, yeah. that'd be lovely. And when we when we go to the pub, we have to when we go to the pub, we have to sit down right now, so we get served rather than having to go, get to go to the pub. To be fair, we can't complain at all. No, 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 and and that's uh, full marks to New Zealand. We're not gonna we're not gonna labour and talk about that. Though. That's not what we're here to talk about. Um, so, Cadrona has been wet. Great story, and I, I did see in the notes that she got influence from some people around the industry. Dave Pickerel, for example, from, from Maker's Mark, uh, what a legend, and unfortunately left us a couple of years ago. But uh, um, just give us a little bit of background in terms of, of the sort of style of Cardrona. What, what sort of style of whiskey have you gone for in terms of, you know, is it peated, is it not peated, is, you know, that sort of thing. Sure. I think the style is ultimately um, a reflection or, a, or a, a paying homage to that very traditional uh, Speyside style. It is a unpeated malt. It is very sort of fruit forward and um, elegant. It is a very powerful expression. What, the, what you have in your bottle, they're all cask strength. When Desiree started this out, yeah, you got it. <laughs> um, she actually had no intention of launching a whiskey before 10 years in, a, in barrel, mm -hmm. we were gonna, we were gonna hold out. Um, and so what, you, what we have in front of us are effectively progress reports. Um, and it was really important for us to communicate that it was a young whiskey, but this is what's happening in the cask right now, not a version that we've watered down and presented to you. Mm -hmm. So all of our launches, all of our whiskey expressions available are cask strength. And it's another great talking point for us. You know, we've got people walking in the door that are learning about whiskey for maybe the mm. first time. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's really quite awesome to pour them something that we then get to talk about how water can, can change and, and open it up. So it's been a lot of fun having cast strength whiskeys on the floor. And have you been involved from the, from the beginning? And what I mean is like in the procurement of the equipment and all that sort of element of it? No, I, I, that's all Desiree. She spent right. years researching for pulling this together. I was hired when this place was a, a building site. So we, the team arrived a little earlier than opening day and, and, and sort of mucked in and, and sort of, you know, helped electricians and builders where we could. We, we dug the irrigation in for the, some of the landscaping work and then we were in once we were ready to go. So it was early days, absolutely, when I joined the team. Um, but the initial commissioning of the stills and the, the procurement of... of of the equipment was done by Desiree prior to the team right. arriving. Can I just ask about the stills? There's a wonderful video on the website. You are clambering all over them um, <laughs> well, not, and the equipment, but uh, could you just explain what you've got there? It's number of stills, mash tons, etc. Et the, the, uh, the Forsyth family were instrumental in, in the design of the plant. Uh, they came out here and cut the ribbon on opening day uh, and they were a huge part of Desiree's um, kind of thought process in, in the design. Mm. Uh, they designed our mash tun, which is a 1.5 tonne mash tun. Um, we have two Forsyth copper pot stills that create our single malt whiskey. We have a pair of Jacob Carl column stills to create our single malt white spirit. And then our gin still was uh, custom built by a friend of the owner's families um, 
and it was almost an afterthought. It was Desiree's husband that, that sort of said, look, if I'm going to sell my business and throw everything at this as well, um, I want to make, I want, I want a gin. So it's sort of tucked in the corner of the room. And, okay. But incredible foresight because it's been in, in a very valuable part of the portfolio. And so as a result of that double distillation, um, you know, your 1.5 sort of tons of, of uh, grist, I guess, um, what's your sort of output per year just to get a rough idea? Yeah, absolutely. Currently, uh, production of whiskey is about a barrel a day, a 200 litre, um, we say ex-bourbon cask, I guess, um, would be yeah, about a barrel a day. If we were to work through the night, 24 hours um, a day, and not make white spirits, so divert all of our wash yeah, of course, to whiskey, yeah. our total production would be four barrels a day. So we're, we're tiny. Yeah, but from acorns does does big things grow. Do big things grow. And and you know, you just need to look at successful distilleries that have started small and done it really, really well um, around the world. And there's many of them, even in Scotland. Think of someone like Kilhoman. Think of uh, one or two others that have really started to grow. And there's you know there's 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 a big growth of whiskey in New Zealand, which is great. And and you're obviously part of that. How many distilleries are there in New Zealand now, roughly? Oh, there would be. I mean. Uh less than a hundred. I mean, it really is a, 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 we feel like we're really at the, the, the tip of the sword in terms of the industry's growth and um, whiskey distilleries, not many at all, but we're in a really exciting part of our history where we're just now defining what New Zealand whiskey means and what a New Zealand single malt means. That was my next question. That was just what I was about to ask. Uh, as a New Zealand producer of a single malt, at the moment, do you follow the Scott SWA rules in terms of, or, or I mean, you, you, Japan's only just defined what things are in the last week or two, yeah, yeah, and they've been we, going at it for a hundred years yeah, nearly. So that was very exciting to see. Uh, we do, we we very much do respect that as being almost sort of an international law, and we had every intention of competing in an international market and and sitting on the shelves with the greats. So it made sense to us to, to, to have our, our quality standard be right up there as well. Yeah. And uh, Gordon, can I just check you are recording this? Um, he's referring to an episode we did a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I just suddenly thought you weren't, but okay. There's a little red light there. I think we're okay. No, that's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so it is. I didn't see that. Brilliant. Sorry, um, my mind was wandering to the whiskey to my left no, hand no. side. So, so, yeah, look, I've got a couple of whiskeys here, but look, we, we want to talk more. We want to get an idea. Yeah. I've got a, I'm going to start with one of mine. I've got, so I've got a, a PX cask or a Pinot Noir. Um, 65.6, 64.5. These are, as you say, these are journey, you know, this is on a, on a journey through to an older style. Which one should I go for first? I would start with the Pinot Noir, the 280. Okay. Probably take a moment to explain that David has been very kind to you. And those samples have been hand drawn from casks that we have personally selected to be available for a, um, a kind of a, a special tour experience where you're led into a separate room and you draw from a barrel. So you actually can't buy that whiskey ah. that you have in your hand. You've got to go, I mean, I, go I, to the South Island. That's <laughs> a trick to get the garden. You've got well, to come and visit us. You've yeah. got to get you in the barrel, smell I, them. As soon as you drink that, Gordon, that's your, your ticket's got to be bought. Can I, can I just say I am due to be in New Zealand next year, so I will be coming to see you. Uh, let, let's so hope we can do that. Um, right, I'm going with the Pinot Noir, um, the family reserve. Here we go. Uh, 65. 
8.6. David, thank you. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Oh, wonderful. And just, see, just on that point, you're saying you can go to the distillery and draw these out of a cask. What is the, you know, as you'll know, tourism in Scotland for whiskey tourism is uh, huge and it's growing. Mm-hmm. What's it like in New Zealand? Are you getting the, the, the you know, when, when not a pandemic bodies through the door, getting enthusiasm? No, we are, absolutely. People are, are, are very interested. I mean, we've had, we're, we're in an area that is famous for wine. So there is already that established culture of visiting wineries and doing wine tastings. Our appreciation for craft beer has just absolutely blown up. So wine and beer have paved the way. And now it's sort of up to the spirit makers of New Zealand to, to introduce spirits as being as something worth having, you know, every day as opposed to just in special occasions. Really and, exciting. It's exciting, uh, isn't it? <laughs> It's a lot of fun. It's, I'm, I've come from a winemaking background and people often ask me if I would like to go back. And as much as I love my time in that industry, the, the youth of the spirits industry here in New Zealand and that excitement around it is so mm. intoxicating. Not Are you excited, with. Gordon? This is, this is, this is fabulous. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on here. Um, and I'm, I'm, this is absolutely... It doesn't nose of 65.6%. It's quite... Oh background it's quite mellow on the nose there's some real floral sort of it's got a really lovely lovely nose on it um on the taste yes you get a little bit of the alcohol but i mean it's not it's real if this is what it's it's not even four years old nearly four years old when it was drawn that's incredible absolutely beautiful so how did you put this is this full term obviously in that pinot noir cask so, so it's that, that same barrel is still sitting in that room available to be hand drawn from. So right. when you visit, you pull that bottle and it was bottled on that day. And um, it was, that one was filled, you know, August, 2016. And, and the Pen and Noir maturation program came on a little later. We started with strictly ex-bourbon, ex-sherry yep. and prominently mm-hmm. Oloroso. So the Pinots are a little younger and, but we've been really excited to see how they've worked with our new mix spirit. I mean, I think, we're seeing maturation characters earlier than what we maybe expected. Perhaps the, the altitude, perhaps the swings from hot to cold, but we've been excited to see how the Pinot works with the new Mac. That was Dave Broom's pick and looking through a few when he visited us was the well, Pinot. I mean, if it's, if, it's, if it's Dave Broom's pick, I love it. So, um, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. That, is, that I have to say, for the age that is, and I'm not, you know, I, I think great whiskies can be any age, but that is utterly fabulous. It's going in the casket. What percentage? Sixty-five after four. At sixty-six, so that one really hasn't dropped off much at all. Right. Nice. So, if you were to describe your new make spirit, Sarah, how would you describe it in a few words? A big word would be toffee. I think it's incredibly creamy and sweet, and mm-hmm. um, you get a lot of um, in a single malt white spirit that that banana and pear ester is really predominant so that's there under mm-hmm. that whiskey so there is very much a, a a fruit forward focus to it and but i'd use words like toffee like honey maybe pear oh, that is lovely that is with a bit of water just to just to for me um i love the way it creams up in the mouth it becomes a bit creamier in the mouth lovely that lot of body in a whiskey of of you know, just shy of four years old. I have to say that is, that is utterly fabulous. Um, and, and David, why? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, David. Um, so if we if we look a little bit at the casks, I'm quite I'm, I love a bit of maturation. Um, your ex bourbon casks, your your Pinot casks, your PX casks. Are they what oak type are you using for those? Are they from New Zealand or are they from other parts of the world? 
other parts of the world. So all right, of the okay. bourbon, they're all ex-Kentucky. Bourbon from, had, from, yeah. Yeah, bourbon and from then we've had, we've had one container load from Breckenridge, Colorado, but the rest have all been Kentucky. Okay. Um, and then first fill uh, Oloroso Sherry Buds from um, Gonzalez Bios. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of pH thrown in the mix. Um, and then the, the, the local ones are all those, the, the X wines. So all of the Pinot Noirais come from, a couple from Mount Difficulty, most from Felton Road, which is a phenomenal uh, Pinot Noir producer just over the hill uh, in Bannockburn, Central Otago. Wow, that's absolutely wonderful. And I saw on the website there was a, a debate about where to um, locate the distillery at the beginning. And I wonder, God, it's a question for you as well, because um, it's been in the news about terroir and where you locate your distillery. Would it have been a different characteristics if you had located it other than where you are right now, in your opinion? I, yeah, absolutely. I think that that's... That's definitely something. Terroir is, is very much a, a term that has been around the wine industry for some time, and I think it is absolutely fitting to then talk about it with whiskey. Um, not just your water supply, but just where, you, where your barrels lay while they mature, I think it's, it's huge. I, I think that's a big point. I mean, we know barley can influence whiskey, of course, barley styles. We've seen it with, uh, you know, Brucaladi and one or two other people using different barleys, which can influence, of course. Um, but certainly the warehousing and the location, you know, if you think about it, I want somebody, I actually described it as this, and I think it's not a bad, not bad analogy. If you have a whiskey in a very green area like Glengoyne or, you know, a little bit maybe like Cardrona and you, you put a car there for 10 years and you put a car on Isla for 10 years and then you go back 10 years later to each car, one will be covered in moss and the other one will be rusty. And, and that's a sort of really simple way of describing how the weather and how that sort of elements can have an impact over time on your whiskey. I think that's a little bit of, would you agree with that, Sarah? Or is that completely? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the key element is, is time is it's not just yeah. something that is a year later. It's you have really have to think years and years. Um, yeah. And there's just no way that that couldn't be a huge part of, of um, the flavor profile at the end of, end of the round. Absolutely. So Gordon, why don't you have a bit try of yours? which is available in the UK from all major specialist retailers. Yes. Um, this is yeah. Growing Wings. I've got this Here's one here too, so I'll join you as well. This is Growing Wings. Just explain that. It's a lovely uh, name, but what's the inspiration behind the, the title, Growing Wings? Absolutely. So Growing Wings is the second um, of our progress reports. So prior to this launch, we had a... a multiple expressions under the umbrella of just hatched and um, so we're kind of we're following the progress of a, a young so a young uh, native New Zealand bird uh, it actually landed it, it, so it returns to us but it landed on our wash still our copper pot wash still as it was being crane lifted into the building so we've kind of claimed it is somewhat of a, a brand ambassador in itself uh, nice. and this throwing wings is the second progress report to find its way into a bottle under the Growing Wings umbrella must be at least five years in cask. And the, in, the it is the only brand ambassador, whiskey brand ambassador in the world that can actually fly at the moment, which is uh, <laughs> which is which is a which is a major point. <laughs> Mostly right, just so, domestic, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're okay domestic. So, um, what, Gordon, Gordon, see, Gordon, Gordon, what's it like? Come on, oh, it's just, it's, it's, again, it's wonderful. You see a lot going on there. The first thing I got. It's just that lovely smoothness when it, you know, that creamy smoothness. And then, as you say, that lovely fruity starts to sort of appear. 
And right now, I got a lovely little tingle in the back of my tongue as it's little biting my, my tongue, and I've got a long, long finish down to about there oh, at the moment. Man. But what strength is it at? Full bodied. Um 60 61.2. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so, and so, um, I, I mean, for, and Sorry, carry on. A little bit of raisins. You'd mentioned raisins. Now we've got that little sort of darker fruity notes as well. But lovely and sweet and fruity and, and creamy. And at 61 point, you would never think that. You know, first uh, taste. Sounds great. Really smooth. So is, is, that, is that available only in a few markets at the moment? Or... So we've, we've focused our attention on the UK. We're all about you guys. Um, you're our first export market and our key export market we do have a, a small supply in australia um but the, we wanted to go straight to the uk uh, and and really sort of sit on the shelves with these whiskies that have inspired desire so and um, it is available in the uk there is not a lot of it the, the sample that you have is one from a single cask bottling so it's it was only one single sherry butt that went to this bottling and the solera expression of the growing wings will be available uh we're launching it on international whiskey day so may 15th Ah, and what's that Solera expression? How, how's that? What's that? Ooh, what's good? Yeah, Solera, Solera for us is a marriage of select bourbon and sherry butts brought together. Um, to be a growing wing Solera, they must be over five years old. So I'll actually be bottling our very first one next week, uh, and then we'll be getting it on the water and getting it over to you. Oh, fantastic! So, um, everybody in Europe, sorry, um, uh, particularly now because it's really hard to get things from Brexit into Europe, but. UK, fantastic. I'm sure it will be expanding as you get more and more, um, more and more um, sort of casks over. And uh, wow, that, 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 look, that looks great. Sarah, why the UK? You know, it's a, it's a big world out there. What, what was the thoughts? I think really it is just because so much of Desiree's um, training and research was centred in Scotland. She she did spend a fair amount of time in the states as well, and I think they're very mm. much. Um, on the priority list of being a, a, maybe the second um, location. Mm. But, I mean, we were never going to compete in a commodity market. We were always going to shoot for the highest possible quality whiskey that we could ever make. Uh, and I think it is internationally recognised that the Scots do know what they're doing. Um, so we wanted to get over there and, and be competitive. <laughs> mm, you say that. <laughs> delighted, I'm delighted you made that decision. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So... If you could, this is a question. If I mean, I think what you've, what I've tasted there, and that Pinot Noir oh. is just beautiful. I mean, fabulous. The, the 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 growing wings sounds amazing, and I'll get the remainder of that sample off Gordon before he finishes it, and I'll swap him with one of mine. Okay. If you, and and you know, I think I think as you say, do you have an ambitious? If if you could say, I really want to produce a style of whiskey like this. Is there a particular whiskey that you think? I'd love to be, be able to produce something that's similar to that. Or, I mean, obviously you want, you have your own unique stills and all that sort of thing, but is there a particular, you know, you said Speyside whiskey is, is there anything that you look at Scotch and you go, I'd love to be as good as that or. It's a hard no. one. Cause I, I think we, <laughs> we even want to. Pigeon, we're so, we're still at this sort of to young totally. point where we, we have all, we can go and you can go anywhere yeah totally and i think in in visiting scotland and and from the distilleries that i have visited i i was definitely um drawn into glenfarclas and how they really just focus on doing 
something really well, rather than having, you know, every expression under the sun, mm-hmm. they, they have their kind of core range and they do it really well. And I think we need to really hone our craft and do something really well before mm-hmm. we get to experimental. Um, yeah. For us, experimental is just finding the best way that we can create the best whiskey that we possibly can here. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, that's a great example. Glen Farkless, what they do, they do it well. The family-run Scottish business, great Scottish business. Not, you know, um, and certainly, I would agree. It's a great example to 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 take as a as a sort of um, you know a sort of model maybe to look at. But as you say, even you on have, that, the, you even have not, the ability sorry, to move around. No, I'm just saying, God, on that question, can I ask Sarah? Um, doesn't need to stay in Scotland since it's whiskey unscripted. Um, you know, Desert Island whiskies. What would you grab to, 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 you know, give us two, three or four whiskies you'd, apart from your own, but you'd grab to go and stay for a, a year on an island? Unlimited yeah. supply of three, four. It doesn't have to be Scotland, but I think it, nope. it kind of is. Um, you know, I went, I visited Isla and not liking Pete, and I made the mistake of telling the, the locals that, so it sort of became... <laughs> A personal mission of, of a local bartender to, to convert me um, and he did he was successful um, so I'd say probably a, a Beaumont 15 would be with me one of my favourite whiskies. yep great it has the right amount of peak for me I really yeah. I like yeah. it it's, it pulls you in nice um, oh goodness what else this is hard I know it's hard God, Gordon used to work for Beaumont That's, you've done well <laughs> yeah um, you've done <laughs> Pick the box. <laughs> That's a tough question. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just, I'm still kind of at the point in my career where I just want to taste and try everything that I haven't, I don't really have this sort of list of go-to favourites. I'm more excited about walking into a store and grabbing something I've never tried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Absolutely. And I think I can organise that. I'll organise that now. Yeah, yeah, you've got to deliver every every month. <laughs> and that, that, that's a great whiskey attitude. Absolutely right. Um, you know, I think um, you know it's there's now just so much choice. For, if you go from New Zealand, even you know through Asia to India to you know Europe to the UK to Scotland to America, I mean, it's just a ridiculous amount of whiskies out there now, and it's fabulous to to keep that sort of you know, just everybody try something different. When you go to a whiskey show, if you really like, you know, Glenn Fiddick, don't go to their stand, actually. Go to somebody else's, you know, try something different. Absolutely. And, you know, we hope that... um, we hope that you know we like, we're all able to get down to New Zealand. Um, hopefully, maybe coming early next year, which would be great. So, the yeah. the, the one the one, the final part I want to just ask about is: so you've got your great spirit, you fill it into these casks, and you're maturing it. Altitude, obviously, a little bit of altitude in there. Um, you're maturing it in a hotter summer, a colder winter. Are you are you doing sort of rack house style warehousing? Are you doing palletized? Are you, do you have a more sort of Scottish style warehouse or do you not? I, I don't know. We, uh, uh, initially looked into sort of a Dunnage style floor um, for environmental reasons, actually, that was, that was, that prohibited. We couldn't risk a spill. And um, this area that we, the distillery lies in is considered outstanding natural landscape. So we're, we're, it looks stunning. we're very much um, under these sort of conditions of, of, of really looking after where we are, which is, is great. That's what we want to do anyway. And um, so Dunnage sort of flooring went out the window. So it is a, a concrete floor and it is, we, uh, we kind of just created our own racking system. So we've gone up wow. uh, in, in the process of designing a new warehouse, which will we'll have a, a racking system yet again, not palletized. And um, 
I think, and, and the new design will think a little bit more about accessing casks. It's, it can be a little tricky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always that issue. You're like, oh, great. And then you can we get the one in the middle? Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Idea when you're sort of filling it. You're like, yeah, we'll capitalize on this space, get them in there, get them in there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the other end. So we'll think a little bit more carefully about that in the, in the new warehouse, but we are racking it. The, it is a heavily insulated warehouse. The doors are opening and closing as we welcome visitors, sure. Uh, and in the heat of summer, we do sort of practice just getting the hose out and wetting the floor down to try and keep a bit of humidity in the room. And yeah. but I mean, the, the place is is a huge influence on the whiskey, and we we, yeah. we let, it do its, let, it do, let it do the talking really. It's, it's talking um, well. And I would like to ask, but this last week we had one of the world's leading truffle makers on talking about pairing whiskey and chocolate and all these lovely flavours. Earlier on in this episode, we had those lovely almonds that uh, our friend Diego is just starting his journey and trying to create something made from in, in Spain that connects with Scotch whiskey. What would you recommend with the whiskies that Gordon's got or the whiskies that I've got that would pair well with uh, food? And I've seen there's a lovely menu uh, at your distillery. I'd love to come down and sample some of the food there. You've got little small bites and you've got some you know, lovely drinks to go alongside that. But generally speaking, what would go well with a Cadrona? Yeah, sure thing. Now, the, the restaurant offering is still very new to us. We're really excited about it. We've, we've taken on a phenomenal um, young chef, um, Chef Kim, and he's, he's doing wonders. And I, the, the newest one would be venison, actually. I, I would never have thought. He has a beautiful venison dish that, wor that works. Like, it's incredible with the growing wings. And oh. prior to his, uh, his excellence coming in, the tour where you draw the samples from the barrels, so the samples that you have in hand, and we, we do a food pairing, uh, and we haven't made it in this sort of really kind of pompous, this is a perfect match way. We, we make it a bit of a roller coaster. So we get people to try whiskies with something salty, with, with something sweet, and with a cheese, just to show them that it actually you can pair whiskies with so many different things um, yeah. and to show them how it works. So could not agree more. Could not agree more. I think, you know, what I love about, and I, and I speak quite a lot about this, is people drink, you always go, oh, what are you going to have? Oh, have some fish. Oh, let's get some white wine. Yeah. Have some meat. Let's get some red wine. Whiskey mm. is so much better than that. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I generally you can, sorry, sorry, Sarah, carry on. Pairing, it doesn't have to be complimentary. It can be, no. it can catch and that can be exciting as well. Exactly. And we, we've, we talked about that as well a, a little bit. And can I just say that PX? Oh, yes. How beautifully rich is that? This is your dessert after dinner. Fantabulous dram. This is, and really doesn't, doesn't seem, I mean, I'm not wanting to, I'm not going to add water to this at 64.5% alcohol. This is absolutely fabulous. Very thick layer of that Pedro Jimenez, but beautiful, beautiful whiskey. But the spirit stands up in there as well. That's fabulous. This one is slightly unique in that it wasn't, um, it hasn't been in PX for the entirety of the maturation. It started in bourbon and has been finished in PX. So it's got a little bit of both going on. In the yeah. Yeah. A nice thick layer though on top of that, but there's still that sort of structure underneath it, which is fabulous. Lovely, lovely whiskey. I'm a big fan of that. To be yep. honest, my favorite of the two. <clears throat> there we are. Um, Sarah, before we wrap up, um, I just like to say um, thank you for your time. I know it's quite early over there. Yep. Um, so um, thank you. Gordon, anything you'd like to add? 
All I was thinking in the back of my mind was, um, what's the team? Where are the team? You mentioned the chef, and I, I, I loved that. When I saw the menu, and it was really good quality food as well. It wasn't just your poker chips or a burger. It was blooming good food with great whiskey. But apart from the chef, what's the team? Just what numbers are you? How, how? We're, we're still under 40. We're at about 37 with seven of our staff members based in the UK. Um, we haven't handed our whiskey off to distributors. We have territory managers that sort of hit the pavement and, and really sell Padrona. Um, okay. uh, and then here we have sort of anywhere from sort of or five to 10 people on site. The distillation team, the production team is myself working very closely with Desiree, of course. And then we have three, actually they're all female distillers uh, in the production team at the moment. It's pretty international women's day coming up. So got to, got to absolutely. Bring absolutely. Um, I've got two daughters. So I'm delighted to hear that as well. Fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic. Really, really great. Um, well, I mean, I, I can't wait to come visit. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I, I just I mean, I want to get on a jet plane tomorrow. Uh, it's not going to happen, unfortunately, but uh, if things hopefully keep going the way they are, that's good. Yes. And we should be able to get this to a specialist retailer. Would that be right? If people can go onto the website and see where it is retailing in, in their part of the, the UK. They're on, online, absolutely. So you can you can find your... your, your growing product. wings. Growing wings. Fantastic. Um, and I'd just like to say thank you to uh, Georgia, who's based in the UK. Uh, yeah. Georgia helped to get the samples to Gordon. So Georgia, thank, thank you Georgia. for that. Um, You're in my Sarah. mind, Georgia. Thank you so much. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, uh, Sarah, look, thank you very much. This is surely going to give us a boost in the New Zealand charts. I think we might hit the top 30. Um, um, it's, it's been a real pleasure speaking to you. And I am more than... I mean, I think your whiskey is beautiful, uh, really, really lovely. Although young, I still think it's fabulous. Congratulations on producing... Yeah, absolutely. Stuff. And... Uh, you know, we'll both turn up at some point soon. Sounds great. We'll be ready. <laughs> and good luck, Team New Zealand. Uh, yeah, they're going to do it. Hands down. I'll be there. And we say Slangevar. Slangevar. Sarah, thank you very much. Thank you. Well, that fabulous. was fabulous. Fascinating. Fabulous. And, and a great oh. reflection on how important, you know, even in a distillery in the South Island of New Zealand, how both, you know, lady driven it all the way from... Yes. Of, in her head to a concept to a delivery of a distillery and Sarah there producing the spirit. Absolutely fantastic. On International Women's Day or the week of International Women's Day, you couldn't get that, you know, really sums Fabulous. up sums up the future. And if you get a chance, if you're listening to this or watching it, the Cardona website, the video that starts the whole website is just amazing. It's jaw-dropping, the, the views. And if you like your Lord of the Rings, <laughs> check Absolutely. that video out. Oh, it's really? been amazing. Absolutely fantastic. Yep, great. Gordon, news just in. Beep, 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 beep. News just in. I don't have a special effect here. No, um, clearly. I'm, I, I could say the mailbag is bulging this well, week. Well, I mean, that a bit like my mailbag is bulging when it's Valentine's Day. Um, we have got th literally uh, three. What three what? Mailbags. With a piece of mail in each one of them. Um, Susan Allen was, um, ah, how are you doing, yeah. Susan? She was saying it was a, where was it? Great show. Um, as always, she was enjoying the Ian Burnett show. 
But ah. I've just lost her comment there, but she's still got a few weeks of Lent still to go. So it is ah, okay. driving her crazy. But Susan, thank you very much for that. Well Steve done. Laidlaw puts the um, big US tariffs on single malt I've gone. Uh, he says, fabulous, Gordon Dundas, we'll be loving that. And we've talked that already. And finally, Richard Cutler. Richard, how are you? It's my 40th birthday in a couple of weeks. Which whiskey would the two Gordons recommend to celebrate this milestone with? Are there any special releases? And I then contacted him back about budget and he said, and about Pete. He says, um, 50, 60 pound. I don't mind Pete. He's got a Lafroig Select, a Six Isles and a Tasker 10 in his cupboard. So well, over to you, Gordon. Well, Six Isles, what a great whiskey. All of those whiskeys are Love great. Talisker's a great whiskey. Something a little bit special, something a little bit limited. I would, from our perspective, uh, if you like the peat, I think the fact you've got six cells is great, a blended malt. Um, I would go for something like um, Rum Riot, uh, um, which is which is finished in rum casks. The Rum Rebel, that's right. So that's rum the, Rebel, apologies. I know it's... Let's get it mixed up. The Riot's with it. So that's the... So so that's rum a, Rebel, that's a good one to go so, for. That's a, a heavily peated Isla whiskey finished in rum casks. Pretty rare. Um, the other thing I would recommend also, we've also got the Sherry Bomb. So from our perspective, I would look at maybe those two that would fit very much into your price point, both quite limited. The other thing might be a good idea would be to just hang off till about May um, when the when the face bottlings will come out. They'll have bottlings potentially around about that price point. Uh, maybe you want to get one of them to celebrate your birthday with. Uh, if you like the Pete, they'll be a little bit different. Just a few thoughts there. Anything to yeah. add? The Isla Festival. I, not at all, Gordon. You know, just um, our teapot dram will be out later on in the year. So that's maybe a bit too far in the future. And I always think if you're looking for something a little bit unusual, I always like to have a look at the Compass Box website. And I'm just on mm. one right now, Spice Tree. Oh, it sounds... Oh, you had it, Gordon. That sounds really good. Mm, it's a good whiskey. I like what Compass Box do. So, yeah, so, absolutely. So there's all, I mean, if you like a PT whiskey, there is not a lack of options. Uh, uh, so I would go for something you've just not tried um, and have a look at a few reviews. Maybe don't listen to us, but I would. I'm, I'm joking. Both those smokeheads are fantastic. So there we go. Well, what's, what's, what's quite good about that, Gordon, is I'll have a, 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 some suggestions for when I'm 40. So I'll, I'll note that down. So excellent, Richard. <laughs> yeah, all right. Okay. All right, okay. All right, okay, move on. <clears throat> Yeah. Gordon, that is the end of episode four Fabulous. of Whiskey Unscripted. That really was. We'll give it to you, Sarah. It was wonderful. And yeah. um, I think that's all there is to say. Next week, we're going to be doing a little bit of food pairing with lovely Diego Boras and yes. his lovely almonds. So Fantastic. We'll do that. I'm looking forward to that. I've heard a lot about these almonds. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, we're also, we'll, we'll be covering some other random topics in the next few episodes running up to sort of mid-April when we'll take another break and then we'll be in, on in the summer. So look, it's been fabulous. Thank you. We'll see you all in 10 days time with episode yes. five. We'll do it at 10 days. Okay, goodbye. God there. Bye-bye. From the whiskey trail 